0: To Multiversal Q, your guide to the comic book multiverse. And I'm podcast form. I'm Luke.
1: And I'm Devin.
0: And this week we're covering
1: Alan Moore's Superman stories.
0: Alan Moore's Superman stories that more directly deal with alternate universe ones. Uh, we're covering both uh, whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow, and then. For the man who has everything, which are luckily both contained in the uh, comicsology uh, collection of Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow's Law, Lo- as well as like the Alan Moore Wright's DC collections. Of that. What?
1: That's sitting in my lap right now.
0: Oh, nice. Did you pick it up from the library?
1: No, I've owned this for a while.
0: Oh, nice. And, uh, like the one other story that was in that collection was like the superman swamp thing which isn't really an ultra universe story though there is a reference to something that alan moore creates in that story that is in uh for the man who has everything yeah yeah it's nice to see like the stuff that alan moore was famous for before he was mostly famous for being a grumpy old man
1: that's like his biggest thing Luke yeah we still love all of his stuff anyhow
0: Eh, there is some stuff I can take or leave
1: but most of his stuff is still great
0: oh yeah like there's a reason why he's well regarded and part of it is because he hasn't turned into a racist asshole like other people from the 80s
1: Oh, very true.
0: And he actually still regularly writes comics. It will be interesting if uh yeah,
1: um, comics are still usually pretty good.
0: I haven't touched any of his new stuff since uh Neonamicon.
1: I've read some of those uh short stories that he writes for that um Cinema Purgatorio. Hmm. Cause you know that one, right? No. Oh, it's like this weird, like, short story collection thing that he puts out for, like, six bucks every couple months. That's usually, like, he writes one, um... I mean, Kieran Gillen's written for it before. Just a bunch of, like, British authors. Very cool. Yeah.
0: Well, uh yeah we're going to start off tackling superman number 423 and action comics number 583 which was written by alan moore with pencils by kurt swan inks by george perez in the superman issue inks by uh inks by kurt schaefenberger on the action comics issue with colors by gene d'angelo and letters by todd klein and initially it was just a what if story and then it briefly was a numbered universe on earth 423 before crisis on infinite earths happened and they got rid of a lot of universes because dc comics Street and yeah showtime synergy and it's interesting like uh looking at the whole origin of this because basically they are like oh yeah we're going to be rebooting superman after crisis on infinite earths so we need someone to tell this sort of final superman story and they were going to get kurt swan who was like the most well-known highest regarded superman artist at the time and then they were also t- talking about having jerry Siegel come back and write but because of contract issues he was unable to so when Alan Moore found out about it, it was like, yeah, if you don't give me this, I will fucking kill you. Which
1: Classic Alan Moore.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's a fun person. And so yeah, he got... I can
1: even read, even if we want more history, because there's a six-paragraph little introduction to it in the Alan Moore collection.
0: And also it's more or less paraphrased on Wikipedia. So, I mean, if you want to know more about it, I say you can go there and do that so we won't have to eat up more time, but it it's generally interesting.
1: but we can learn about how Julia Schwartz was having breakfast with Alan Moore Luke.
0: but they don't say what they're having breakfast or what they but it doesn't say what they're having for breakfast Devin. and fair. What does Alan Moore eat? Is it a cup of black coffee and a that Danish? For sure. Yeah or tea he, d-
1: he definitely oh he looks like a black coffee kind of guy
0: Alan Moore is just really super into frappuccinos hands
1: around Julia Schwartz's neck.
0: and they paused for a moment and then embraced wait nope. wrong time for my Julia Schwartz Alan Moore slash Vic. anyways uh let's get to talking about the comic uh so it is 1997 and tim crane from the daily planet has come to visit lois elliot nay lane for the superman memorial edition about the last days of superman 10 years after he died and so she sets the story
1: presumably died
0: you don't think superman died
1: well they say presumably because no one knows Where's the body, Luke?
0: Lois thinks he died, and I'm going to trust Lois. Always trust Lois, Devin.
1: Lois thought that Clark Kent and Superman were two different people for the longest time. How can we trust what she believes?
0: Because she was massively gaslit for centuries by an alien mastermind? Yeah.
1: So how do we know his death isn't just a continuation of that?
0: Well, maybe we'll read, so let's find out. So at the time, Luther was lying low, Brainiac had been defeated, and Superman's other enemies were all also pretty much gone. So Superman was spending his time helping out with space work. He returns to Earth one day and finds Lois and Jimmy Olsen, who had tried to contact him because Bizarro, the reverse Superman clone, slash alien, slash... I forget exactly what Bizarro's origin was in this uh, timeline. Had uh, gone berserk, normally he's just like, oh, me Bizarro, me going to hurt people. And then when he tries to save people, he kills them. Or, well, he hurts them. Yeah, you know. Bizarro talk is really confusing, especially before they had set rules for Bizarro.
1: But so, more so, importantly... Who is the person who wrote Emperor Joker, Luke?
0: I don't know what Emperor Joker is, Devin. Regardless, that sounds like...
1: This is a message for the crappy writer of Emperor Joker. You see this Bizarro dialogue? That's how you write Bizarro dialogue.
0: <laughs>
1: I did not get confused while reading it.
0: So, Superman confronts Bizarro and... Bizarro has decided to go full-on reverse Superman. So where Superman left his home planet that blew up on accident when he was a baby, Bizarro has purposefully blown up his home world and has come to Earth as an adult. And Superman is horrified and is trying to, like, understand this, and that's when Bizarro just pulls out some blue kryptonite because if Superman's alive, Bizarro must be dead. And it just like shakes superman to the core because this shit is weird and later uh Kent is working at the news station where he is an anchor along with lana lang and inside and they end up receiving this big old box that is filled with superman action figures and they end up activating and flying around and They turn out to have actual laser vision, and they attack Clark Kent, revealing him to be Superman on live television, effectively killing his secret identity. And the toys reveal that this was their plan. Superman quickly puts together that it was the Toy Man and the Prankster who were behind this. And they found out his secret identity by killing Pete Ross, whose body was also in the box. Hey, Devin. What's in the box? What's in the box? Yep.
1: Luckily enough, Pete Rose, though.
0: Or Pete Holmes.
1: That's too many letters away from Pete Ross, Luke. Pete Rose is only one.
0: (laughs) So he follows the radio waves to their... So because Superman has all of his fun Silver Age powers, he follows the radio waves to their hideout. And he's able... So he... So because Superman has the Silver Age powers, he's able to follow the radio waves to their hideout and capture them. But he's really unable to figure out why they suddenly went so far and became murderers. And now that Clark Kent is effectively dead, he's worried about what's going to happen to, like, his enemies who would already threaten lives and kill people. Because the ones who used to just be pests to him have now become killers. Meanwhile, in the Arctic... Lex Luthor finds the last remains of Brainiac, which ends up taking over his body. Later on, a bunch of Metallos attack the Daily Planet to kill the friends of Clark Kent, since he had killed one of the original Metallos, because Metallos. And Superman is able to save Lois, and he magnetizes the Daily Planet, which is able to attract all of the Metallos, and he's able to restore them to human form, but he's also realized that the people who he cares about are now constantly getting put into danger. So he takes them back to the Fortress of Solitude, where he meets up with his space dog, Crypto. Back in Metropolis, the Kryptonite Man, who was a dude who once flew through a Kryptonite field and got Kryptonite powers, is trying to hunt down Superman, but he is not there, so Brainiac just straight up picks him up, and they decide to go after Superman. Lana and Lois provide solace. To, Lana and Lois provide solace to one another, and Superman prepares for his biggest challenge as he realizes he still has a few more of his big enemies he's going to have to deal with.
1: Is it dealing with Perry and Alice's divorce, Luke?
0: Not really. He'll let Deus Ex Machina resolve that. And that's when the garbage teens from the future, A.K.A. the Legion of Superheroes, shows up along with Supergirl. Which is awkward because she's dead in this time period. All right. And yeah. Anyways, uh, Brainiac wanted to give Superman. Anyways, Brainiac from the Legion of Superheroes wanted to give Superman a statue of Superman holding something, as a way of paying his last respects because he knows Superman is going to disappear or die here. And then Supergirl's like, "Oh hey, because of our time travel rules, how can I be here?" if i'm already in this timeline and superman's just like oh uh... you're you're traveling back in time because no one wants to know her because no one wants to let her know that she's dead and then they return to the future that's good gaslighting guys and back in the future jordan elliott lois's husband comes home And then Lois resumes her story with Superman preparing for the siege on the Fortress of Solitude because he melts his giant golden key. Brainiac and the Kryptonite Man show up along with a legion of supervillains who are pretty much the evil grown-up equivalents of the Legion of Superheroes because if you remember, every member of the Legion of Superheroes comes from a planet where their entire race has one superpower. And so instead of having Saturn Girl, Lightning Lad, and Cosmic Boy... They have Saturn Woman, Lightning Lord, and Cosmic King, who are there to help the supervillains, and they decide to help stop all the other superheroes from interfering. The Legion of Supervillains is like a great pitch, and I want to see more done with that. Because like not everyone has an evil equivalent.
1: Oh, for sure. What does the Legion like, of Superheroes get much done with them now?
0: It's really weird. Like, imagine if the X-Men just got rebooted every ten years or so by people who wanted it to be the way that they were when they were kids. And so all of continuity gets, uh, undone. Gotcha. Yeah, it's... I, I don't think they had a lot of them... They didn't have a lot done with, like, the New 52... It's one of those things where the people who love them, really love them, and the people who don't generally just try and avoid them because it gets super confusing. Gotcha. It was like if you try to make a single timeline out of the Age of Apocalypse, Days of Future Past, and like one of those other dark timelines from the X-Men future, and you just try to patch all that continuity together. They're basically a team of Cable. Yep.
1: oh but, that's the worst
0: yeah but I mean it's interesting what characters don't have like their equivalent forms like Matter Eater Lad doesn't have one and like I don't think Karate Kid has one but that would be a great way to bring back uh, Lord Deathman you know about Lord Deathman right Devin nope uh, he came from the uh, Japanese bat manga, and he was like a weird version of a Batman character who couldn't die because he studied really good yoga, and uh, he is fantastic, because he's Lord Deathman. Neat. hmm Meanwhile, Luther is trying to resist Brainiac, but he is unable to, and a giant bubble is erected by brainiac around the fortress of solitude so the justice league who shows up is unable to get in and please don't ask me to name who all those members are because there are a few that i could not figure out beyond like batman and robin and captain marvel
1: and wonder woman
0: yeah but like later on i think there's like weird guy who sort of looks like Craven the Hunter, who I was unable to figure out.
1: Yeah, that's probably the Blue Hood he's flying around. Everyone knows Blue Hood.
0: Well, Blue Hood I believe is Our Man. Or Dr. Midnight. I'm not good at like that early, uh, Justice League. Let's go before my comic cred is all destroyed. So Superman goes to talk to Perry because he is now stuck in the Fortress of Solitude with his estranged wife and superman really just makes it all about him and how he's feeling bad because he hurt lois and lana meanwhile lana and jimmy have gone into superman's lab where jimmy drinks the elastic lad serum that gives him his elastic lad powers and lana gets into the chemical bath that gave her her insect queen powers and she hears superman confess that he's only loved lois since becoming an adult and so they put on their superhero costumes and charge out to fight.
1: And now she's got nothing left to lose.
0: Yep. Now she's got that sad story. She just got a letter from her girlfriend back in the States during the war. So Lana knocks out the Kryptonite Man, and Luther prays for the sweet release of death. So Lana snaps his neck.
1: With a necklace matching Karate Chop. Yep.
0: Yep. It... And that's when Cosmic King uses his powers to turn the energy from the pool into harmless salt, effectively making Lana human again and then Lightning Lad just zaps her. Jimmy, meanwhile, who destroyed the shield generator, tries to get revenge, but Brainiac, now fully in control of Luther's corpse, shoots him with a gun, killing him. And strangely the shield And strangely the shield doesn't go down because some other forces powering it. And the villains resume their attack. Perry's able to save his wife from a Perry's able to save her Perry's able, Perry is able to save his wife from a crumbling wall, and they are able to sort of use that as a chance to try and make amends. The villains meanwhile get in, and Crypto dies, killing the Kryptonite man. Superman, carrying Lois, is confronted by the Legion of Supervillains, who tell them that they killed Lana, and that pisses off Superman really, really bad. So he attacks them with heat vision, and they run off knowing that they don't need to fight any longer. Since they know Superman's going to lose here, and Brainiac is still around. I like how they don't even mention that they also killed Jimmy.
1: Well, well
0: I mean, Luther and Brainiac killed him. Uh, so Superman confronts Brainiac, but that's when Luther's body collapses, and Brainiac, being the weird skull squid man, tries to run away, but then he runs out of power, and strangely the force field is still up. Superman is trying to one. Superman is trying to figure out what is going on, and then he realizes that one villain is still missing, Mixel Pitelek, who appears looking more evil than normal and because he's a cosmic infinite space imp from the fifth dimension he decides that because he's been just a pest for two million years he's going to be super evil for the next two million years and he turns into a otherworldly form that chases superman knowing that superman knowing superman knowing that he is weak to magic is not really ready for this fight so lois reminds him of the statue that he got and he realizes that the statue of him is holding a phantom zone projector. He moves to use it, and mixo tries to teleport away, but he is instead ripped in half and killed. Superman, having broken one of his most major rules, which is, he's not supposed to kill people, forces himself to give up his powers by walking into a room with Golden Kryptonite, and he's never seen again. The Justice League, now with the force field taken down, cleans up the mess and they never actually found Superman who they presumed wandered out into the cold of the Arctic and died. Back in the present day, Tim asks if he, Tim asks Lois if she thinks that Superman is alive somewhere and she says that as far as she's concerned, he died there. And so her son Jonathan wakes up from the nap and the Illites bid Tim farewell. And with the door closed, Jonathan, their son starts playing with coal, pressurizing it with di- pressurizing it into diamonds. Well... shoot. Well, Jordan and Lois talk about their very normal lives. And as the story ends, Jordan winks at the reader because Superman is alive. It's a good story jordan ellis is superman
1: no i don't think so you don't think so no
0: you think that like lois just happened to name you think that lois just happened to marry a man who looks like superman and has the uh same she's
1: got a type uh, so... now luke
0: So she just happened to marry a man whose name matches up with Superman's father's name, Jor-El? Yeah, exactly. Jordan Ellis? Okay.
1: Ellis is a pretty common last name. Jordan's also a pretty common first name. Or Elliot, rather.
0: I don't know. I don't think Jordan is really a common name. Uh, false.
1: There's many kids at my school with the name of Jordan.
0: I knew, like, one boy Jordan and then, like, three girl Jordans.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of boy Jordans at the school I go to.
0: And there's one air Jordan.
1: And one queen of Jordan.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's and then like she a very.
1: Bear... adopted that kid, and then, oh, look, it actually is probably a super boy. Another super Bowl or something.
0: Superman just knocked her up before. He went out and died, and that's why she got. Did you got, not uh, see the
1: shitty Superman Returns movie? Because that's exactly what happened there.
0: Poor Cyclops.
1: Can't catch any breaks.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he made so time, many bad choices.
1: Cyclops, he made a lot of bad choices there too, because he made Super er, X Men Three worse because of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You should have told Singer. No, we should stay and do X Men Three. Not let what's his name do it? Ratner. No one likes him.
0: Uh, after that, we are covering Superman Annual Number 11 from 1985, which is For the Man Who Has Everything, which was written by Alan Moore, with art by Dave Givens, and colors by Tom Ziuko. It's those Watchmen Boys, Devin. I know. They had been working on Watchmen when this came out, and it was just like, oh yeah, let's go and do this. Sounds fun. And it was also, like, pretty well adapted into the uh, Justice League animated series.
1: What is that? Yeah. Maybe I didn't see that episode.
0: Like, the straight-up do-it, the uh, fantasy world is a lot less awful. Because that's one of those things. But we'll we'll get into that when we get into it. Uh, we start off on Krypton, where Kal-El has come home to find a surprise birthday party waiting for him. Meanwhile, Batman, Robin, who is currently Jason Todd, and Wonder Woman have shown up for Superman's birthday, bringing him gifts. Wonder Woman is keeping her gift secret, but Batman has bred him a flower called the Krypton. And he's like, oh, no one else is going to give him a flower. And that's when they... Immediately, see that someone else has given him a flower. It's a giant one sticking out of his chest as he stands stock still Batman's and unresponsive. Like, Damn, my flower
1: can't do that. I'll have to take it back. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll give him Jason.
0: Nobody wants Jason.
1: It's true. Not even the Reapers. That's,
0: that's why they had to tie his hair to make him look like the normal Robins.
1: That's why he got voted down.
0: Oh, and because he was too much of a murder boy. Yeah. So back in Superman's dream, he's stuck thinking about how his father isn't there because of political reasons, and Lila, his wife, who's also an actress, tries to comfort him. The next day, Cal goes to visit his father, and he's there with two other members of the Sword of Ra who are members of the old Krypton who are members of the old Krypton movement. Which is the Kryptonian equivalent of '80s Republicans or, really, modern Republicans, who are like, "The world used to be better. We need to stop all this crime and drugs and minorities and immigrants."
1: Remember when women couldn't vote and people of a certain color could use the restroom? Peppered farm remembers.
0: Members. And Cal. Is disappointed in his father and walks away, commenting that he thinks his father wished that uh, the world had actually been destroyed. And back in the fortress, they comment that Superman must have figured that this plant was a gift and opened it, not expecting danger, and that's when Mongol shows up, confirming that he sent this flower to Superman, knowing what would happen, and he explains that it is the Black Mercy, which feeds on the bio ores of the attached creature. While giving them their heart's desire and now he plans to take over the world with his biggest uh, threat defeated and so Wonder Woman punches him in the face which hurts her while Mongol is seemingly unharmed and here's the thing that's like this is not a good like fantasy for Superman yeah and like he typically doesn't wish or at least come off wishing that he could have stuck on uh krypton
1: no i agree
0: which i think if anything is just superman's mind being like super advanced and rejecting it or he literally has everything that he wants and so it can't really get him a perfect vision
1: wow that's awfully harsh to papa kent there I'm glad that he had that heart attack in the field and died.
0: <laughs> oh. uh, back in the dream, Cal-El ends up in the hospital because Kara, who is normally Supergirl, his cousin, was attacked by anti-Phantom Zone campaigners. Cal checks on her and tells Lila to get the kids to safety with her grand, With her father. Oh, he has their son Van with him. And as they prepare to leave to go see Laro, they get stuck by an old Krypton rally, which is pretty much the KKK. Meanwhile, Wonder Woman gets punched through into the armory while Batman and Robin try to figure out how to reach Superman through the Black Mercy. And in the fantasy world, because jor is a shit dude, uh, Kal-El is blocked by the parade, and so they have to take the long way around because it has quickly turned into a violent riot. And Cal decides to go to the Kandor Crater, which doesn't make sense for a few reasons, because if I recall correctly, Kandor... No, no, Kandor was on Earth, but uh Brainiac, I guess, still would have taken it. Er, Kandor still was on Krypton, but I guess Brainiac would have taken it. And it was also taken on this universe, which is weird again. And Cal hugs his son Van and confesses that he doesn't think that Van is real. A storm starts up and Robin brings Mongol's giant gauntlets that he was wearing. Because they uh, but they aren't needed as Superman is now waking up from the Black Mercy fantasy by himself. And as it comes off it ends up attaching to Batman instead. And Batman fantasizes about the mugger in Crime Alley missing, so his father's able to stop him, and he gets to have this safe life, and Robin starts panicking. Luckily, Superman is awake. And he is pissed. And he... I love the whole Superman panel of him just screaming out Mongol's name. And you see, like, Robin being, like, tossed into the air because of the force.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, then, like, the intimidating panel of just him going, like, who did this to me?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And so Superman and Mongol immediately start fighting. And Robin is able to put the Black Mercy into a bag because he's like, you know, maybe I shouldn't just carry these things with size XXXXXXL gloves that are way too big for me and the fight between Superman and Mongol intensifies and they end up under the statues of Kal-El's parents and he hesitates for a second remembering this fantasy that he had and as Mongol gloats over this and prepares to finish off Superman, Robin drops the Black Mercy on to him and he enters into his own fantasy of killing everybody in the Fortress of Solitude and then expanding into the rest of the universe. With Mongol defeated they all get patched up and Superman makes plans to throw Mongol with the Black Mercy still attached onto him into a black hole and meanwhile Wonder Woman finally gets to give him her gift which is a member of the bottle city of Kandor and I love this whole page where Because Superman already has one, he goes and hides the one that he has in a cabinet so he can accept the one that she made him as a gift. Well, that she had the Amazonians make him as a gift. And Batman apologizes that the flower that he made Superman uh, got crushed. And Superman's like, don't worry about it. And then we see one last flash of Mongols' dream world as he rules the galaxy. And you see, like, defeated Thanagarians and a bunch of other... Aliens and cameos who are now paying homage to Mongol.
1: He's happy. But here's the real question, though, Luke. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Superman's not supposed to kill. Do black holes not kill Mongol?
0: Oh, nope. Okay. It's just going to toss him into another part of the universe. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't seen the uh, Justice League episode that they did that was straight up the story, except that... Batman just gives him money instead.
1: That's probably a good gift.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Good for you, Batman.
0: And it works a bit more because they also had, like, the earlier episode where Superman ended up on War World and he fought with Mongol there.
1: Yeah. I remember that one.
0: Yeah, no, they, like, straight up adapted it except that, like, the world is a lot brighter Mm. and less... Awful, but as, like, Superman is waking up, that's causing Krypton and his dream to get destroyed. Oh. Mm-hmm. Sometime we can cover that. Yeah. Entire show. Or at least the episodes that deal with, like, dream stuff. Yeah. But, uh, we have four universes to put on to Trials of the Multiverse. Are you ready, Devin? Let's do it. Opening up the Trials Chart. So up first we have Pre-Crisis Earth 423, which is Whatever Happened to the Man of Tomorrow. I really like the story, like it is solid throughout. That's a good one. How do you feel about it compared to All-Star Superman?
1: I like it more than All-Star Superman
0: i i'd agree like they have a lot in common and you can see like some homages to all-star stupid that all-star yeah that all-star superman had in it uh so how do you feel about it compared to valiant high i get a bit more spider-man loves mary jane that is good yeah i'm uh, i'll agree with you there So, pre crisis, Earth 423.
1: Speaking of, that's how I knew about that Marvel uh, sale on Amazon. What? Oh, Sean McKeever was tweeting about it. Because you can nice. get all this Better Man Love Mary Jane's uh, volumes for cheap.
0: Yeah, that sale is going on right now. Uh, so pre-crisis earth 423 whatever happened to the man of tomorrow is our new number nine knocking all-star superman off of the top ten gasp
1: eat it superman
0: and then we have the uh krypton black mercy fantasy universe uh
1: i mean how it's... do you want to rank it it's a shit universe
0: yeah it's a shit universe it's a well-made it's... universe yeah, I mean, we have a lot of other well-made shit universes in here, though. I know. Uh, how do you feel about it compared to uh, Wonderworld?
1: Oh, it's better than Wonderworld.
0: Morph's Homeworld.
1: Better than Morph's Homeworld.
0: Jameson wins.
1: Not as good as the J-Man.
0: So, Earth...
1: What a great question mark.
0: Krypton Black Mercy. Yeah, the Black Mercy is one of those things where they finally got around to expanding on what it was, and it ends up becoming a Green Lantern member. Oh, weird. Yeah, because there's this thing called the Mother Mercy. Where uh Mongol becomes a member of the Sinestra Corps, He briefly tries to take over it, but because he knew where these were, he was like using the plants to like take people out, and the mother plant really didn't like it, and so she becomes a Green Lantern. Oh weird. Mm-hmm.
1: Comics everyone.
0: Yeah, specifically Jeff John's comics. We then have the uh, Wayne Survive Black Mercy fantasy, where we don't really get a lot out of it. Like, it's very, very brief. Yeah. Uh, So, how do you feel about it compared to Aquaman Fought Octogod? what? Aquaman Fought Octogod, from the uh, Rock of Ages. It was just one of those worlds that they briefly flashed into. I like this more uh, Extreme Parker Luck Not as good So our new number 28 Is Earth Question Mark Wayne Survive Black Mercy Fantasy And then we have Mongols Rule Black Mercy Fantasy Which is another Earth Question Mark How are you feeling about this? I like that one
1: uh, Then the Wayne one
0: uh, How do you feel about it Compared to Reed Kills the Illuminati
1: It's better than that
0: Darth Vader Venom.
1: Better than Darth Vader.
0: Lil Gotham. Better. Uh, Animal Man Lost His Powers. I don't Not think it's good. better than that. No. Yep. So that is number 21, bringing our total listing up to 474 universes. Starting from What If J. Jonah Jameson Adopted Spider-Man and going down to Spidey Baby so Devin do you remember what we're covering next week no uh next week we're getting back to our good good friends the exiles before getting fully into Battober where uh we need to figure out one of the stories that we're doing but we're also going to be covering the much worse whatever happened to the Cape Crusader I
1: remember that book what a
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, and we've got a question this week. Uh, if you want to send us in questions, now that you know we're covering next week, which is the Exiles, you can do that at uh, Exiled Podcast or at Multiversal Q on the Twitter. Uh, so, at not really robot Michael B wants to know if they did a whatever happened to the world's greatest detective would bat might be the villain and no it turns out you the reader who is magical is the villain it is sort of interesting that they didn't do like other stories like this like with marvel you got all of those the end stories yeah but here there's not like a wonder woman the end or green lantern the end but it also sort of makes sense i mean wonder woman i think wonder woman is the character who you could do a the end story for for sure and like superman we also have like all-star superman
1: fucking with it that is kind of what dark knight returns kind of was
0: in a way way. but it's not as much of a the final story no Uh, yeah, but it's like with Green Lantern, you've had too many Green Lanterns, so you can't really do that as a single story in the same way.
1: No, for sure not.
0: Uh, you could do a Flash one, but that's also one of those other things where there's a straight legacy of Flashes. Yeah. So, I I feel like Wonder Woman is the only other member of the Trinity... Who you can do that with And considering the other members of the Trinity have one It's uh, Sort of surprising that they didn't do one But uh, it's also sort of unsurprising uh, You do get like final stories for uh, Hitman and some of the other Like limited run characters
1: You can probably get one for Aquaman
0: Yeah that's true But then it's also a question of Does Aquaman necessarily have The same Well, no, he has his uh, Multi-dimensional imp as well
1: Does he? Mm -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm I am pulling up the name Because I don't fully remember it And? Uh, Quisp
1: Oh, yeah and actually, because DC owns this, there's another one that we're all forgetting, Luke. What? The Flintstones. Because you have Mr. Gazoo.
0: Oh, uh, you mean the Great Gazoo? The
1: Great Gazoo, rather. But yes, they have their own multidimensional limp too.
0: Well, I mean, everyone's sort of had one, uh... Yeah, there was. Uh, but
1: most of them. Yeah, because they sort of Flintstone, Luke.
0: No, but they uh, tied all of them into uh, other, uh, or like in Morrison's JLA run, they sort of tie them all together, as being uh, like essentially the origins of the jinn.
1: Standing words right now, Luke.
0: Yeah. Uh, You know, like genies, except the less bastardized version of the world. The word. Uh, Martian Manhunter also had Zook as his uh, imp. And, uh, yeah, you know, comics are weird and fun. But, like, Batmite has never been the sort of same. Actively malevolent force as Mr. Mixopitilic has been.
1: He's like the what's they call it? the annoying kid who turns out to be the bad guy in Incredibles.
0: Hmm. Oh, uh, Syndrome?
1: Yeah. Well, like him when he was like a little kid. Hmm. And then Mr. Incredibles says, go home. and then he gets heartbroken and becomes Syndrome
0: oh wait Uh, Flash did have another one of these which was pretty much Moppy oh nice Uh, but yeah there is also the uh, Morrison Flash story where uh, he introduces a new modern era imp and it's Sonic the Hedgehog pretty much
1: that's an appropriate one
0: Mm -hmm. and that's one of the things that is over on the uh like morrison map of the universe gotcha comics everybody uh yeah so if there is a batman story that you would like us to cover during battober let us know because we have a currently open spot to cover that um yeah uh thank you for listening devon where can people find you online you can
1: find me online at fredo that's F R E D D O F E T T. luke where can people find you
0: you can find me online at at Coltrig, that's k-o-l-t-r-e-g or at lukeherr l-u-k-e-h-e-r-r.com you can also find us on our other podcast that we do exiled podcast where we are wrapping up volume 10 this week before doing the enchantress special and some other stuff uh next weekend if you were in columbus ohio i will be at cxc where if you're going to be there uh let me know and i can meet up with you uh also the episode of battle of the atom that i did has finally gone up as of last week i immediately start out the episode by correcting zach xavier files on a uh, the fact that I have been a guest on War Rocket Ajax, not just a listener. So, you know, it's extremely my brand immediately. And uh, if you enjoy the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes or whatever uh, system you listen And let us know that you have left us a review. You can email the podcast at multiversalq at gmail.com. And... Actually, let's see if we have any emails on that. Oh, I forgot the password for it, so we'll do that later. <sighs> but uh, yeah, thank you for listening. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, Uh, You can consider supporting us on Patreon, where you get things like bonus content. This week, we recorded a section on Kingsman 2, the movie, and some other movies that we've talked about. Or, well, some other movies that we've recently seen. Uh, That wraps us up for this week. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week on Multiversal Q. This one's for Hank. Peace.